You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Gassaway. What's the scariest story you have? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking that question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Semi-question. Semi-question. <laughs> what are some of your pet peeves? And I will start. Uh, this might not be a pet peeve, but this could possibly be the most soul-crushing experience I have on a regular basis. <laughs> it's like you're in a group of people of like three, four or more, and you start a story, <laughs> and you realize like the the main group you're projecting to is not really listening so then you just start like searching around until you make eye contact with someone <laughs> <laughs> and then if you find one person you're just like you just focus in and like please just let me finish a story please yeah. listen to me that I, happens to me maybe once a month it's like i know you saw what just happened <laughs> i'm gonna need you to save me right now oh uh, anytime that happens and i see it i like just stare right back at him like i'm here for you yeah, I'm never the one like telling the story when that happens. I'm the one that's like actually looking at the person. Then all of a sudden, just <laughs> here's the thing about I'm Sean. Part of this story now. <laughs> Any, anytime anyone's telling a story, I like one of my favorite things to do is to glance over and check how Sean's dealing with it. Because Sean <laughs> has this thing where any emotion or thought he has is just reflected crystal clear on his face. <laughs> so if he thinks something is trash, he'll just sit there and be like. <laughs> and just yeah like <laughs> if he thinks the person who's telling is weird then he'll make that face where he's like stop talking right now <laughs> yeah. like, dude sometimes i get hands in it like <laughs> you do <laughs> you'll just be sitting there like on your phone they'll be talking and all of a sudden you'll be like <laughs> i think this is unfair because i grew up with it but driving around in hawaii everyone's so nice they can do like the, they can cut you off. If they cut you off, like they'll make sure to wave and say sorry. Yeah. But I don't know. Not everywhere. Wait, like people don't wave at you here. Right. Dude, if you walk in front of my car or you happen to cut me off and if you wave, everything's chill. Everything's cool. I'm like, like, dude, I love you. Yeah. You can come to my, you can come to my birthday. Party. Yeah. Yeah. What you doing next Thanksgiving? Yeah. If they don't lift their hand three inches <laughs> to acknowledge that it's like i wait i'm like can i is it worth it ramming their car with my car yeah like, can yeah. my insurance take that <laughs> i'm like ready to throw it down i know exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. oh yeah make like a <laughs> conscious effort now to be like dude throw up your hand even if it's lazily it's just like any effort something. is appreciable it's always like I, I love when i'm in a neighborhood and you're like slowly driving and then you and a car pass each other, and both of you wave at each other. Ooh. It's just like the nicest, like this is America, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like a good, yeah, one. yeah, but, yeah. right, yeah. 
It's like I live in Leave It to Beaver, some 50s sitcom. It's like, <laughs> mm, I feel warm. <laughs> Kumbaya. <laughs> That's a good one. I am tired of, and I think, I don't know. I would like to say most people are, and maybe I say that because people in my circle are pretty like-minded, but they still exist. And it's quote-unquote so-called influencers on social media. Mm. I don't know if we can count that as pet peeve, but I'm so tired of it. So what aspect of it? I'm so tired of people thinking that they're more than they are. And this is me probably being a little harsh, so I'm just going to spit it out. But like, especially when they they only post pictures of themselves. This is starting to get into a rant, and we're probably gonna take this out. It's all good, bro. We'll keep this on the YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they like just post pictures of themselves, and then they try to put some inspirational inspirational or, quote, and it has nothing to do with anything. Or like, I like had a great time at so and so's birthday today. <laughs> Dude, or wedding, are wedding. You about to bring up something? Wedding, and oh, it's like just a selfie of them, and it's like, don't name who it is, but I think I know who you're talking about. I was just gonna say off of that exactly when someone posts a picture of themselves and says "Happy Birthday" to so and so, I'm like, so we know a person who is a influencer. I'm not gonna say any more than that on Instagram, <laughs> and it was their mother's birthday, and the whole the whole like page and a half of comment was like. My mom is the, you know, the the rock of my world, and she was she's the reason that I'm able to accomplish so much, and I've only been able to do these amazing things in my life because. And it was just like sweet, cool, all about her. But it was like it was like thank you to my mom for making me, me. so awesome. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah. And then the photo was her, <laughs> not even with her mom. Nope, her mom wasn't even yeah. in it. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think the basis of all of it is just sex appeal. It's like if you're beautiful, people will follow and like you. I mean, it definitely I don't think is that like will ever advantage. End. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a deterrent. People yeah. aren't like, ew, gross. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think we're the worst looking, but we don't have 10,000 followers yet. So. Like, like in my telescope, I wasn't like, ew, sick. <laughs> that lady's. <laughs> you're right we aren't ugly right <laughs> but why aren't we famous <laughs> damn i sound salty <laughs> yeah what even, are you actually trying to tell us i don't dog? even care i don't even care i don't know <laughs> so like what's your whole brand like i'm just kidding uh, okay i feel that that's a good one yeah I had, like, I had a kind of another question. I have another question too, but you go. All right. What are some, since it is the holiday season, happy holidays, everyone out there. Happy holidays. Whatever that might be. All my Jews out there. Chalam. I don't know. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> you idiot, dude. <laughs> I probably just cursed their mother out or something on accident. <laughs> all my Kwanzaa celebrators. Hey. Kwanzaa dudes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Whatever holiday you celebrate. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Have a happy one. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Honestly, Merry holidays. Yeah. We hope that you can spend time with your families. If you don't have a family, we hope you have some friends that you can spend time with. Yeah, or if you don't have that either, listen. To thanks our for podcast. listening to <laughs> us. But if you're sitting in the living room with your trash uncle and you need to like escape, you know, go find a quiet room and listen to listen to the three AM podcast. Mm. Which is what this is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
My name is Charlie. And DJ. I'm Sean. Okay. Um, you know how when prisoners are sentenced to death, mm-hmm. they Ooh. get the death sentence, and then they get their last and final meal, and they can request whatever they want. What is your last and final meal? Hmm. This is the hardest question I've ever had in my life. So I'd start with the Caesar salad. No, I'm just kidding. The fuck? <laughs> Dude, I, I asked with the chicken Caesar salad, bro. Your last meal? <laughs> chicken Caesar salad I'm is... I'm starting with dead. that. I'm not saying that's my meal, dog. <laughs> not like the Costco size. You're talking about like a little... Just a, a, a sample. teaser, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and once I wet the palate a little with my... Salad. <laughs> um, I think I'm just gonna do a fat steak, bro. Mm. Mm. Maybe some blueberries as a little snack throughout my steak. Mm. I sound like a psycho. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> some like, Chianti beans or fava beans and Chianti <laughs> potatoes. Uh, Rice, twice baked potato. Mm. I would do those home style potatoes that are like chopped, the little ones chopped in half, and then like. Baked in the cheese or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dude, shout out my numbers crew out there. Numbers crew. <laughs> um, I would do a spicy ahi poke bowl. Oh. And probably like a Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich. Oh, like pretty bird, dude. Yeah. But at the end of mine, but. I'm going to finish with ramen. <laughs> Maruchan chicken ramen to remind me where I came from. Okay, let me tell to you guys out there. <laughs> One of Charles's favorite go-to snacks, oh. and sometimes meal. I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> is your regular Maruchan top ramen costs fifty cents at the grocery store? He takes it straight out of the package, doesn't crumble it up. He gently rips apart the powder packet seasoning, and he's, he's, <laughs> he sprinkles it ever so lightly. I'm salivating all over the top of. This dry ramen. I'm going to stop you right there real quick, though. I take it, and you have to crack it in half so that you get, like, oh, the yeah, maximum yeah. exposure. True, Actually, true. okay, so, yeah. So if you look at the ramen, like, ha- you can break it in half long ways. If you're delicate enough. Yeah, yeah, which his fingers are. Ooh. <laughs> they <laughs> so really, They really are. So, yeah, he has two of these, and he sprinkles the powder on First, top. First, I do sriracha, though, because... I thought you do sriracha on top. No, I do... You want it to What can happen is your ramen. sriracha can hit the powder and then fall off because mm, it yep. like gets coated in the powder. So you do sriracha first and it and grabs then the powder more on this. top. Mm, there this you is go. science. You just made the simplest thing the most complicated thing. The most <laughs> Japanese thing to do ever. <laughs> it's, it's like four hours to serve tea. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, yeah, that would that would be how I'd finish too. <clears throat> Remind me. What about your dessert? How would you would you go out with dessert? Oh yeah. If they were going to electrocute me, I might eat like a, a cup of uh, popcorn kernels and see if they pop <laughs> when they fry me. <laughs> they just come out of me. You should. You should. I'm like a pinata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just have like a mouthful of kernels and duct tape it shut. <laughs> when they fry you, they can rip off the duct tape and they can all eat popcorn out of your mouth. Dude, that's me. some dark tourism right there. <laughs> Witness. <laughs> I think I might do, I don't know, the world's juiciest strawberry. Oh. Oh, strawberries are. Mm. 
chocolate covered? No. Or just raw? No. Just straight. Raw strawberry. I uh, would have a turkey pesto sandwich (laughs) on a grilled sourdough with some bacon on there as well and end it with a fresh apple fritter donut. Ooh. Mm, The best apple fritter I've ever had. Oh, never mind. It's an apple turnover. I think it's still good. Same family. It's like its cousin. It's an apple. Uh, (laughs) The one in Hawaii. We got it before we went shark diving. Napoleon's Bakery at Zippy's. Ooh, Mm. shout out Napoleon. It made us us late to shark diving. (laughs) Worth it. Yeah. Do you remember that? Half of us got sick too after. (laughs) Oh, that's what the chickens ate that I threw up in the bush. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what we're talking about. Listen to our last episode. Still worth it. Because we're omitting the other one. (laughs) The second one. Listen to one of them, dog. (laughs) Anyway. Valid, yeah. Um, okay, what are you guys' holiday traditions? Do you have any? Besides being away from family because they're in Hawaii and you're in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a, ho- a weird holiday tradition of my own. Let's hear Ooh, it, what is it? It's, and I'm going to do it again this year because I'm stoked. I've spent two or three Christmases all by myself. <laughs> and they were they were great, dude. <laughs> Treat yourself Christmases. Yeah. The first one, I woke up. Without any alarm, just naturally. That's the most... Dude, you know your life is going well when you can wake up without any alarms and you're like, I'm going to wake up whenever the hell my body wakes me up. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. freedom to just be like... Mm-hmm. It's the best way to start mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I made hot chocolate from scratch. I put on one of my favorite R&B and soul records. Ooh. On my record player. And Casey I and sat, Jojo or what? I, <laughs> the, this dude's name is Nick Hakim. He's dope. Ooh. Uh, the, and the album is Where Will We Go? And I sat in front of the picture window and the snow was falling. I just listened oh. to the album, drank hot chocolate, read my one of my favorite books, a chapter of it, and then I went snowshoeing that day. It's a great day. Alone? Yeah. That sounds Dude, beautiful. That sounds great. That was my first one, so I don't know. Maybe I'll do the same thing this this Christmas. <laughs> Dude, uh, the I've spent Christmas alone a couple times, and one of them, I had so many friends and family be like, "Do you have a place to go? Do you have a place to stay?" And I told all of them I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then I stayed home. I went out and got like four Lunchables and like two Red Bull. And this is when I was young and wild. And I had speakers that could shake the walls of the house. And no one was home. Everyone was gone. Trap house? No, this is uh, King Henry. King Mm. Henry. So I turned up my speakers as loud as I could, put the most ignorant music on, and just (laughs) drank my Red Bull and and Lunchables. And I I Snapchatted someone, and they were, like, so pissed at me. (laughs) Bro, that sounds like a great Tuesday. It was dope, dude. I went off. I was just like, ah. I did the the same thing. Yeah. The people were asking me, like, you don't have a place to stay, you're coming to my place. I was like, no, I do have a place to stay, but I just lied to everyone because I don't know. <laughs> I can go to other people's and family's parties, but Christmas is the one thing. I don't know. I feel you. It feels weird for me to intrude on other I people's space, that, even yeah. though they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I made it good myself, so. <sighs> yeah. But I have a really good friend who knew I was lying. So she came, oh. like she just walked into my apartment. She's like, "I knew you were by yourself." <laughs> She's like, "You're coming with me." So shout out, Sean. Did you ever celebrate Christmas growing up? Well, there was once or <laughs> twice where 
we're living in a 150-year-old civil <laughs> warehouse that some people that we knew came and gave us presents dressed as Santa Claus. Wow. Okay, that's actually really sweet. <laughs> our, one of so our, you're the favorite. family we sponsored. <laughs> I think they brought us a turkey, too. Wow, that's Aww. sick. Um, one of my favorite Burn traditions. Burn the shit out of that, too. <laughs> uh, the old people weren't there that time. <laughs> They're like, we heard about the pizza, so we made it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite traditions we do now is a Christmas jar where we save up all of our change for the whole year and put it in a jar and go drop it off on someone's porch and ding dong ditch them. (laughs) That's kind of dope. I like that. So we get that cloak and dagger, but also some good feelings inside too. (laughs) Cool. I like it. I, did you guys ever make paper chains? That's just where you like. Yeah. 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 Staple a circle. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you would break days? them. Yeah, yeah. We did that in elementary school. We did 100. <gasps> Damn. And then you break one every day. I'm doing it this year because I used to do that as a kid. It was like my favorite thing, dude. I don't know what it is about that. Did you mm. ever do advent calendars? We we actually had once a really nice one. Wait, explain what that is and I'll make sure I, it's the same <laughs> thing. Well, the one that we did was probably hella ghetto. <laughs> It was like this cardboard where you'd open a little door and there was a chocolate inside every okay. day before Christmas. I've done that one. <laughs> yeah. That we, was the one that was Did you ever light. do the onion grass version? Well, they were onion flavored. <laughs> onion flavored chocolate? <laughs> Straight from Possum Trot, Kentucky. Imported. We had this like, not hand knitted, but it was a super old knitting and it had these little Velcro, tiny little Velcro uh, patches and the bear would move from room to room and it was like... Dude, we my siblings started waking up at like six a.m., five a.m. to be the first one to run to the bear and switch it. <laughs> it like it got ruthless. Yo, I switched what, like four times in my life. At what point did you on Christmas Day be like, "I'm sleeping in as long as I can"? Because <laughs> I do that now, and I'm like, "Man, when I was like ten, I would try and wake up at four and see I if know. there's any presents." <laughs> Bro, I did that until I was like twenty-one. <laughs> like just the excitement of Christmas. I think like, I I got up early until I was like twenty-one too. I moved away. So now, I, I don't know. What is early? Room. Before, like, I would wake up at, like, 6 for presents. And, I, like, we'd, me and my brothers would go downstairs, and my parents would be like, go back to sleep. We'll get up in, a, <laughs> in two hours. You're already playing the Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro, I'm so old. I did my Christmas shopping for myself this year. Hey. <laughs> I got socks from Costco and a new Sonicare toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm done. That's my Christmas. (laughs) Wild how times change. Even like Christmas break. That's not a thing. Yeah. Literally only if you're in high school or or college too Yeah, and younger. After that, it's like you go back to work the day after Christmas (laughs) now. Yeah. It's like we have to record these episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Dope. I think I had a friend whose parents would like hide their presents and they were like given like a map to find their Christmas. That's kind of dope. I know. I kind of want to do that. It's like you got to earn it a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. All right, we'll take that. That's dope, actually. No, I like that. Yeah. For a while and still a little bit, a lot of us were kind of obsessed. We were like closet Uh, obsessed. You're talking in the past tense. (laughs) And you need to change that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, treasure hunting. I literally uh, referenced that earlier. Definitely not past tense still. <laughs> yeah. Sean sent me a link on Black Friday to like this 
freaking Bugatti version of a metal detector. It was like the <laughs> highest end metal detector you could get. He's like, it's two hundred and fifty off. It was still like four hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, Elon Musk made this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but think of all the things we could find. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are definitely way into treasure hunting. So that has an appeal to me. My cousins, dude, if you're out there and if you have a family or kids, start traditions. And if it's not cool to you, it doesn't matter because it's about like the kids. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the paper chain, I got lit for ripping a piece of paper once a day. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like the coolest thing ever. It really was. So My cousins, they had a large family, like eight siblings. They had to line up at the top of the stairs from like youngest to oldest. And they all had to get in line and like wait. And then my uncle would stand at the bottom and he would say, Merry Christmas. And like the second he started yelling, they'd all just like start running down the (laughs) stairs and like run to their. But it's like, that's cool. (laughs) Don't be lame. Oh, this wasn't necessarily a tradition, but my favorite memory of Christmas. We got a knock on our door Christmas Eve. My dad answers it and nobody's there, but finds a package at the front door. Nowadays, I don't know if that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't Um, like of cookies? No, it was an envelope. And it said, open this outside at 8 (laughs) a.m. tomorrow morning. Like, what the freak? (laughs) In hindsight, this doesn't sound like a good idea. (laughs) But at the time, me and my brothers were like, oh, frick. Yeah, this is going to be sick. So, uh we're like, okay, kind of weird, but whatever. We play along with it. We go outside a minute before 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock hits. We open it up, and there are two water pistols. And my uncles and my cousins, and they all came out of hiding with super silkers because we can do these kind of things Run it up, run it up, run it up. Yeah. <laughs> I just got jumped by like... Yeah. Well, it's also not freezing weather. Six so. Usos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we just had a water balloon fight Ooh. in the middle of the street. Like That's my dad, sick. my uncles, my cousins, like all the dudes like, in the street. And it was kind of raining. They pulled up with the truck with a drive-by oh. and a cooler full of water <laughs> balloons and pelting everybody. Man. That was that's my favorite Christmas memory. That's the spice of life, dude. Mm. That's a great memory. Hugged all of each other, soaking wet, oh, smiling, man. laughing. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you remember the show? Uh, was it called like BattleBots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was on Spike TV. <laughs> <laughs> Where they're like in the like the square glass. It's basically UFC, but for like little RC car robots. Heck yeah, yeah boy. Dude. And there was like <laughs> obstacles and stuff, like a flamethrower in the yeah, ring yeah. or like or a, the hammer. a hammer or a buzzsaw or yeah. like a pit of like spikes. <laughs> um, yeah, I got like one of those and I was really stoked. And it was, I don't know, it was weird because like, I didn't have any friends who had the same thing, so I would just like throw rocks at it. Yeah. <laughs> like it was you versus him, me versus like our family's like suburban <laughs> in the garage. It just slowly backs up, over just it. runs over. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, an iPod, iPod Touch. 
Ooh. was my, one of my favorite gifts growing up. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think I was like a freshman in high school or something. <laughs> when I first came out. Do you remember MP3 players? Dude, I had one of those. <laughs> Dude, they were the weirdest. Like, do you remember like how many different designs they came oh, in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had uh, the Sony Bean <laughs> because I saw Chris Brown dancing with it in one of his music videos. Nice. Like, damn. That's I need I need, I need me a bean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had one that was basically a USB. Yeah. <laughs> was it? And then had a headphone plug in on the other side. Mm. I think somehow mine, like, to change the track, you, like, twisted it. And that was like, go to the next. Twist it, bop it. (laughs) Kind of, dude. (laughs) It's like, yeah, flick it. (laughs) Turn on and off. (laughs) That volume. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. Yeah, dude, we were in the freaking Stone Age (laughs) with MP3 players. (laughs) Even phones, dude. (laughs) You remember the juke? (laughs) It was during the flip phone age, but it opened up sideways. Oh, (laughs) It was so skinny. Yeah, yeah. It okay, was, it was the one that was like that. Yeah, yeah, dude. I just remember like Sony Ericsson. I was like, this is like the pinnacle of technology. The BlackBerry. You remember somebody? Like, I saw somebody with a BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah. And then the <laughs> the scrolling ball button. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And when they had a freaking like, uh, what are they those? got the pen? Yeah. What is that called though? Hmm. Uh, shit. I don't know. I can't remember, dude. Like a stylist. A stylus. stylus. That's yeah. what it's called. Stylus. Yeah, and they just take that thing out. I was like, what? Dude, and now all phones look the same. You used to write boobs on a calculator. Like that was <laughs> that was the extent of your like <laughs> you're like eight zero zero eight five. Yo, dude, look <laughs> at this. <laughs> Turn it on. Flip it, bro. <laughs> dude, you could get hello. Did you know that? Yeah. That four three seven seven zero? Yeah, that was like oh my medieval God. flirting. Gosh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, boobs. <laughs> it limited <laughs> limited stuff to work with, but you got your message across, and that's what's important. <laughs> it's valid. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Hit it. Roll. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. (sighs) I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light. Lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing... Give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, And it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Hello, this is Dr. Grande the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, 
but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. Roll. <laughs> I got a three. Freaking doo boy. Twelve. Ooh. Eighteen. Eighteen. Me, Charles, Sean. <laughs> a freak. <laughs> like I'm expecting some other crazy combination. <laughs> Like, how could it be this way? (laughs) We've ran through the gambit like four times. Uh, I think uh, 32 times. (laughs) How many episodes we have? Joe, I think we skipped like 14 through 17. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We just stopped doing it. (laughs) The number one thing about building your brand is consistency. Yeah. Obviously, we're consistently inconsistent. (laughs) We've nailed some stuff down, but we're still trying to figure out some some of the details. You've heard these little jingles here and there. That's a, a new thing we do to signify question time and then rolling for stories. So I'm going first. So this story comes from a dude who grew up in the East Coast, for some reason moves to the Southwest and brings his two dogs with him, two German Shepherds. Ooh. Uh, so while they're settling in for the night, he starts putting them to bed. It almost sounds like they're his children. Um, tucks one of them in. Kisses. Kisses them on the forehead. Reads them a story. All right. So his two German shepherds, the oldest one is Archer, and the younger one is spelt N-Y-S-S-A. So I'm just going to call Nissa. So they're getting so ready. Nissa? Hey, hey. <laughs> so they're getting ready for bed. And typically, Archer sleeps on the floor in his little doggy bed. There is another doggy bed for Nyssa, but Nyssa sleeps on the bed with this dude who's telling the story. So before he goes to bed, it's a warm night. So he cracks open the window, leaves it open. There's a screen, so it's not fully open, but just to get some air circulating. And they go to bed. He wakes up in the middle of the night to... Nissa, who's sleeping with him, growling. So he gets up, sits up in bed, looks around the room. Everything's normal. He looks down and sees that Archer is gone. So he stands up and just as he's about to walk out of the room, he notices in the corner of his eye, the window is still open like he left it. But outside in the dark, he can see Archer. And Archer is sitting down on its hind legs with its front legs in in front of him. And Archer is also growling. So he says to himself, "I, I don't remember leaving Archer out. In fact, I, I remember putting him to bed. So as he's staring out the window, he's just like barely like making sense of things and just waking up. Nissa is getting more aggravated and starts barking. So it's the middle of the night. He does have neighbors, but doesn't want them to wake up. So he tries to shut up Nissa and just yells, Nissa! And looks back out the window, and Archer's still there. He's wondering, like, how did Archer get out and what's out there? Is everything okay? Then he hears a noise in his room coming from behind him because he's up against the window looking outside. He turns around and he looks and in walks 
archer. And as he realizes that there are two archers, one of them walking in his room, his back's now towards the window, and he hears, Nissa! And with, <laughs> without hesitating, he grabs Nessa on the bed in one arm and runs towards his bathroom and tells Archer to come with him. And they follow him to the bathroom. And he turns around to close the door. And as he's closing it, he sees that this, what he once thought was his dog, Archer. Outside. Outside. Still outside. But... As his eyes are adjusting to the dark a little more now, uh, he can make the shape out a little bit more. And it's crouched in the same dog position, but he can notice that its legs are as long as a human's legs. It's not like dog legs. So it's still just kneeling there and he shuts the bathroom door and he locks it. And he and his dog stay there for the rest of the night until (laughs) it's morning and he doesn't go to sleep. And when it's light out, he cracks his door open and the coast is clear. And he never had that incident again. That was his story of what he thinks was a skinwalker living by himself with his dogs in in the Southwest. Like Arizona Southwest, did he say? I think Arizona it was. They're notorious for skinny boys. (laughs) (laughs) I think I probably would have gone and closed the window instead of locking myself in the bathroom. I think he did close the window. I probably omitted that detail out Mm -hmm. if it it was an actual thing. Yeah. I'm curious what they would have done. Like if he did close the window window and like watched whatever it was outside just to see what it did. Because I feel like I would do that. I would close the window and just watch. Keep eyes on it. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, there's almost more fear in like not being able to see what it's doing. That's why I was never down with covering my head with a blanket. I'd always just like stare so I could see what's going on. Yeah. But that's just me. Dude, pets are like some good security, dude. Yeah. If you got cats staring into corners or dogs growling in the middle of the night, better heed those warnings. And they're terrific friends in times of loneliness when there might be skinny boys outside your window. <laughs> I thought you were quoting something just now. <laughs> he was. What was it? Himself. Oh. oh. Random side note. My family is trying to buy a dog. Oh. And I, like, my entire life, me and my brothers and my dad always wanted pets, and my mom always said no, <laughs> and that was it. My mom would say no, we never had pets. But they're trying to buy a dog now. And I'm kind of jealous, but I'm just stoked. What kind of breed do you know? Yeah, English bull. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Pit bulls are big in Hawaii. Pit bulls and Rottweilers, uh, basically dogs that can fight people. <laughs> <laughs> like the polys of dogs. Yeah, can throw like mean right hooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel. Cool, dude. That's creepy. Mm. It is pretty it's creepy. Like, it's like it's tough outside your window when you're sleeping and vulnerable. That's like the question we asked in like the last episode. <laughs> the scariest thing you'd hear in the yeah, middle of the night. Your own voice. <laughs> yeah. Bro, you guys already knew that that wasn't Archer outside, or did you? I assumed it wasn't, but I was going to ask 
if the screen was broken if you didn't like say it was or wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's getting harder to like <laughs> to pull <laughs> the surprise wolf. factor with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, and then aliens. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way we can trick each other. <laughs> I mean, I had a suspicion, but I was hoping it wasn't. But it was. But it was. <sighs> But see, the thing that's even scarier is what if it was or you couldn't tell and then Archer comes back inside the room, which is the real Archer? You got to have a code word with your dogs now too. <laughs> rough, 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 rough. <laughs> come here, come here. Yeah. <laughs> Just whisper in, in their ear. <laughs> that's all I got. I had a really weird urge the other day to record all of my birthmarks and moles. <laughs> And like write down where they are just in case, bro. Someone needs to identify my body. I just want them to have like a tool. <laughs> Is that weird? I think I was sitting in church. <laughs> I could just see that on some documentary. It's like and this freak. his body couldn't be identified because it was so badly mutilated. Except for that, he kept a detailed journal <laughs> of all the little... Which led investigators to wonder if he was, in fact, the killer. Yeah. <laughs> Ruling this out as a suicide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that had nothing to do with anything, but thank you for that story. Mm. You got one? Ooh, yeah. So my story comes to us tonight from my little sister. Uh, so from my sister, Stephania, and Stephania and I share a father, but we don't share the same mother, and she grew up in Venezuela. So she's been wanting to share this for a while, <laughs> and I'm glad I finally got the whole story, because it's pretty crazy. Okay. All she does take, where does it take place? Venezuela. Oh, okay. So Venezuela, she said she loves it, she loves the people, she loves the culture, but it, so it's really amazing in a lot of ways, but it, it has really big faults as well. Mm-hmm. And if you've been following the news, you know mm-hmm. Venezuela's like in civil war. Yep. The economy's terrible. Um, she told me about times where she would stand in line to get groceries all day and sometimes, and then like they'd come out and be like, okay, no more, like go home, you know. So sometimes you'd walk home with like no groceries. Uh, she also said it's pretty dangerous, so... It's like pretty dangerous to go out. You can get mugged, stabbed, robbed. They jack your car, your phone, things like that. She said Venezuela is predominantly Catholic. And with that Catholicism, ton of people practice Santeria. And so we've talked about it briefly before, but Santeria is a religion. And the hit song by Sublime, <laughs> 90s band. In this case, Venezuela do practice Santeria, okay? And they, <laughs> they got the crystal balls. <laughs> uh, so my knowledge of Santeria isn't huge, and I didn't dive deep into it to for this story. But there is rituals and practices you use in Santeria, and you're like working with the saints. That's what you do. And Santeria is generally like the good part of the magic or religion. It's a religion. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, so you can use Santeria to bless, to cleanse, and there's people who practice Santeria, and they're called Santeros, and they're the ones who go and they cleanse houses, they cleanse people. So if you have an ailment, possibly a, uh, if you have like an ailment or something that's like bringing you down, you go to them and they help you cleanse it. But then there's also Brujeria, and Brujeria is the dark side of Santeria. 
we talked about brujeria once, at least once. Mm-hmm. The woman in what Texas? Yep. The police super close to Mexico mm-hmm. yeah. responded to the call in her house. So this is my understanding, and if I'm wrong, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know because I I honestly would love to learn more about it. But to my understanding, brujeria is the witchcraft, the dark side, the black magic. It's the it's the magic you go to if you want to hurt or curse or affect other people. And so the santeros, they're the ones who cleanse, and they're kind of like the light side. But then there's also the paleros, and the paleros are the ones you call if there's some heavy stuff going on. So if you have a full-on like haunting, possession, you call the paleros in. So when Stephania was very young, her and her mom and her aunt and her uncle moved into this home. And this home had two stories. And uh, the uncle and the aunt, the aunt practiced Santeria. And after a while of living there, I'd say quite a while, quite some time, one night, Stephania's mom, she's lying in her bed. It's pitch black in her room. And she's super restless. She can't sleep. She's tossing and turning. And as she's rolling over, it almost feels like a pressure is on the bed. Like right as she's rolling over, she feels a pressure go down on the bed. And so she rolls over and she opens her eyes. And there is a large dent in the side of her bed. As if someone was sitting there. (laughs) The hair's on my back, dude, right now. (laughs) But Stephanie's mom was always taught and taught Stephania to never, as best you can, show your fear when encountering spirits. And her mythology or her um, belief on it is to treat them as normally as you possibly can. So it it freaked her out, but she did her best to hide it, and she essentially ignored it and tried to go to sleep. Pretty soon after that, she was out, I think, working and doing things um, in the town. She comes home late at night, and as she's passing the living room, out of the corner of her eye, she sees someone sitting on the couch when there should be no one in the house. Is this Sean's? (laughs) <laughs> co-worker dude what's weird is the person the shadow that's sitting on the couch almost looks like it's wearing a hat oh my that. nope <laughs> i'm being dead serious dude she's telling me these things and i'm like this is weird <laughs> and so once again she sees it terrifies her startles her but she doesn't want to show it so she calmly just looks down and says like what do you want what are you doing here like, this is, this is our house. We live here now. Uh, what do you want? And the whole time, it's just a shadow in this dark room that's not moving or reacting. So she leaves it. Uh, kind of gets out in the house. They're having Everyone's having these little experiences. Doors will kind of close. They hear noises at night. And uh, one night, they throw a party. So people, a lot of their family come. They're having a good time. And the uncle is drinking. And the uncle thinks it's funny, so he starts teasing my little sister. And he says, like, the ghost is going to get you. Ghost in the house is going to get you. And he's, he's like, drunk, so he, he thinks it's funny. And his wife, my little sister's aunt, says, you better not. Like, you better stop. Like, don't, to the uncle. Don't mock this. Yeah, stop. And he's like, oh, whatever. It's going to get you. It's going to get you. Everyone leaves. They clean up. He goes to bed. 
he, him and his wife lived upstairs. So as he's laying there, he's awoken to someone yelling his name and it's coming from downstairs. And so he can hear someone say like, Jose, Jose, like screaming. But it sounded really distant. He wakes up and he can hear this and he wakes his wife. Can you hear that? And it goes away. So he gets up, goes downstairs, checks everywhere. And there's no one downstairs. Goes back upstairs. Did the wife hear it too? When she finally woke up, she didn't hear it that first time. But he comes back after he searches downstairs, comes back up and lays in bed. She's awake too now. They're laying almost about to fall asleep when they hear it again. And she can hear it this time. Still saying Jose. Like screaming his name. This time it sounds less distant. Almost like halfway up the stairs. So he jumps out of bed. He's like not dealing with this. Goes downstairs, turns on all the lights, and there's nothing. So after he's like, you know, fed up from his search, he goes upstairs and lays down. And this time, nothing. They, didn't, they don't hear anything. He falls asleep. But when he wakes up, he said it felt like sleep paralysis. Except this time, he's had it before, but this time it was weird because he's like able to move. It just feels like a huge pressure is on him. And he opens his eyes, and an inch in front of his face is an old man on top of him. Like laying on him? Yeah. With his face, like in his face. So he freaks out. He can't like yell, but he can move, and he's trying to move. And he described this. He said this guy was ancient and super tall and had a long beard. And this is weird. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but he said he was wearing a pointy hat, almost like a wizard's hat. Hmm. And I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of <laughs> creepy. That creeps me out even more. Yeah. I think of the old wizard in uh, like Fantasia. Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was him. Sword in the stone. <laughs> so he freaks out, eventually is able to like push his body and there's nothing there. Just disappears? It's gone for it so it's no longer fun (laughs) and he his wife like says like you should not like mock this stuff like this is what's going to happen if you mock this stuff so the whole family's on alert they're not sure what to do the aunt practices santeria and she said it all kind of came to a head when she comes home one day no one's home stephanie is like at school everyone's out and she walks into the kitchen and she shoved super forcefully from behind and almost hits her head in the side of the counter and nice. falls to the ground. Gets up. No one's in the house. No one's in the room. She's terrified and takes off. At that point, they're like, okay, we have to call a paleros. So they contact this lady who's from Haiti who apparently is kind of renowned in the area for cleansing homes and protecting against evil spirits. Mm-hmm. So they get this super old Haitian lady to come to the house and she brings a bag of all her tools and they take Stephania and they say, you have to go stay with your grandma for the weekend. You can't be here for this. So she has to leave. So everything she knows about this, she was told by her mom like only a couple years ago when she thought she was old enough to hear. So the old Haitian lady brings a helper. So a younger man with her. It's uh, Stephania's mom. 
Stephanie's sister who practices Santeria, the Haitian lady, and the helper. They go into the room and they start doing this ritual. And this ritual is to find out what is there. And they just, they want some answers. And if there is anything there, they're going to question it. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a couple ways they do this. And these are two of the ways that they do this. They divine these answers. They get pure alcohol and they either get tobacco or candles. And you light the candle or light the tobacco. You put the alcohol in your mouth and you like spit it onto the tobacco or the candle. Hmm. And you watch how it burns and you watch how the flame moves and the smoke. And so you can start divining. Some people can divine answers. Mm -hmm. I also should have mentioned Stephanie's mom has had the gift since she was little. She's always been able to see spirits. So they start this process. The lights are off in the house. They're standing in this circle. The candles are lit. And this old Haitian lady is doing this ritual. And as they're all standing there and getting deeper in, they're just staring at the fire. Stephanie's mom is standing there. And to her right, her sister starts to shake. Like seizure shake. Like free, like seizure shake super hard. And they all turn to look at her. And as they see her, and she's basically having a standing seizure, she turns and sprints into the wall face first. What? She starts trying to smash her face in the wall. So they grab her. They stop her. And she's like writhing and making noises. And the old Haitian lady walks up to her and has like this chalk and something like an amulet in her hand. And she says, who are you? And the sister goes and stares right at her and says in a voice that's like four octaves lower, my name is Carlos. So they ask like, are you the spirit that's haunting this home? Yes. What are you doing here? I was sent here to kill or hurt Stephanie's mom. They go through this whole process of interrogation and in Santeria, you can use spirits. Like if you have the remains of a body, you can use that spirit to like do your bidding. But there's a relationship you have to keep up with the spirit. So if you're, you, you have that spirit in an urn or something, you have to give it offerings. So that could be cigarettes, alcohol, food, things like that. This spirit explains that it was sent there to kill Stephanie's mom or harm her or make her life hard. But that the people who had sent her were not taking care of him. So they weren't giving him cigarettes They weren't, or whatever the offering might be. Mm-hmm. Also, it said, when I got here, your mom looks exactly like my daughter. And in my heart and my mind, I'm, I see her as my daughter now, and I will not hurt her. So the Haitian lady like is doing this whole thing, talking to her, explains I need to cast you out. And they kind of like come to this like, it sounds like an amicable like understanding. And the Haitians like the lady's like, I'm not gonna banish you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna limit you. So they take the spirit out, she comes to. The sister cannot remember anything and can't feel any pain, even though she has like blood dripping down her face. Can't like is like, what's up? Like, did it work? And they're like <laughs> 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 So what the Haitian lady does is she takes this old piece of chalk. She goes to all four corners of the house, and in the top corners, she writes this prayer in Creole. 
and it's to protect the house and to bind the spirit to the patio. And on the patio, Stephanie's mom's sister had an altar to Santeria. So there was like saint statues and little offerings that you give them. So that spirit was bound to the patio. Mm -hmm. After that, they never saw him again. They only ever felt his presence when they were in the patio. So Stephania said she like never wanted to go out there because you would walk out and immediately feel like you weren't alone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Several years later, they're able to move out. They move out and they rent the house to the brothers of the uncle who lived upstairs. Like 10 years go by. And all of a sudden, they contact Stephanie's aunt and they're like, is this house haunted? (laughs) And she was like, oh, (laughs) oh, crap. (laughs) Uh, Why? What's going on? So when they moved in, they hired a lady to come completely clean the house from top to bottom. The first thing she notices, there's these weird prayers up in the corner. Oh, my god! And she wiped all the prayers. Oh. <laughs> and they said, this, since they did that, the number one thing that would happen was they would take showers and they would close the door to the shower and lock it. And they'd start taking their shower and they would hear... <laughs> the door to the bathroom would open every time. <laughs> and it started small until it progressed to doors slamming things being moved across the room or thrown across the room. They could hear voices at night. And that's when they decided to reach out to the sister and be like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> so she comes in, she explains the whole situation and they can't find the same Haitian lady, but they find another person to come in. Mm-hmm. And the person says, um, this spirit is very angry and doesn't know where, like it's angry because it doesn't know where Stephanie's mom is, which is like the spirit. It was like, Supposed to do something about. Yeah. And so they had to do their their own rituals and, and get rid of it. But that was the story of Stephania growing up in a haunted house in Venezuela. Well, damn. <laughs> and a little insight into some of their like superstitions and rituals. I think it's funny that they completely forgot <laughs> and then rented out the house. It was 10 years later when they rented it's it out. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but you think you might... Want to mention that. <laughs> That's why we need the house facts. <laughs> uh, like 10 years ago, Sean's like, we should make an app where it has every house. Like if anyone's died in a house or it's ever been haunted, it has that info Murders, there. Indian burial grounds, <laughs> anything. So before you buy a house, you would check house facts and it would tell you. <laughs> if you make that app, you have to cut us in. That's pretty hard of her though. Like hardcore like seeing that indent in the bed, like that's pretty scary. Dude. And for her to, the next time she said she saw him on the couch, be like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Like that's hardcore. Yeah. (laughs) When I was maybe 16, with all the youth in the church in the area, we had like a big like camping thing for a week. So we were camping and it was late, late at night. Everything was quiet. I remember waking up a few times and I could hear the ocean in the background. Super peaceful, serene. But that's all I could hear, that and the wind. And I remember going back to sleep and waking up again because I was laying on my side 
and I rolled onto my back and there was something super cold on my neck. <laughs> Not down. Super, super cold on my neck. And I didn't open my eyes because I was, I was pretty tired. And I thought it was just like the cold side of the pillow or something. Until I started feeling something cold in my mouth. What? <laughs> Whoa. And I opened my eyes. And it's my friend and he's squirting ketchup in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> And I'm so disoriented, I start choking. And he, I hear him laughing, and he runs away. Bro, right hooks, dog. And he he's opened the the tent door. You know, he unzipped it. Oh. Um, with me still sleeping, so it was wide open. So I just like sat up and spit all the ketchup out of my mouth, uh, just right outside the, the door. And I was so tired, I didn't even care. So I went right back to bed, and as I put my head down back on the pillow, not only was it cold, but it was <laughs> squishy from the ketchup. And I sat up again, and I touched the back of my neck and my hair, and it was just ketchup all in my hair. And Bro, it was, oh, I, was so I was pissed. I was so pissed. That's taking it too far. Oh gosh. He wasn't really my friend. <laughs> Such a dickhead. So pretty much the same thing as like Stephanie's mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about when that, that dude was right above his face, old man. Oh. And I just saw my friend with the bottle of ketchup over me in the middle of the night. So you might tonight if you wake up for some weird reason, try not to open your eyes because it might be some milky eyed white. And don't open your mouth either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man floating right above you yeah that's creepy i thought of the babadook oh because there's that one scene where it's above the bed oh but it was like on him oh no 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 yeah yeah <laughs> but like that's what i was envisioning i was like Fuck. <laughs> and just the for some reason the pointy hat because she like yeah when she's telling me the story she's like in it his hat and i was like was it like a flat brim hat right and she's like no it was flat brim and also had a point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not, no, that's a that's traffic a, cone. That's a witch. My yeah. first thought when they, when you said cone hat, though, was dunce. Because, yeah. you know, you wear the dunce hat. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Did like, you guys do that in homeschool? Yeah, dude. Did you really? really? Shut up, bro. I never had to wear it. I was a smart one. Shut up. <laughs> Did your family have a dunce hat? We had a dunce hat. Are you Okay, I can't tell, and I need you to tell me the truth. <laughs> we had a dunce hat. That's I straight. don't recall wearing it, though. That's Pollyanna right there. That's like, <laughs> that's like the frontiersman time. True. Instead of go to the corner, it's go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Shout out Stephanie for that story. Um, if anyone has any information out there, I want to clarify. Hit us up. Uh, she has more stories. Oh, nice. nice. And her next one has to do with mirrors. I don't know if we've had a good like mirror story, bro. She had me chills, dog. Okay. Okay. So let's look forward to that next time. I do look forward to that next time. <laughs> Looking forward to yours, dog. All right. Shiny boy. So I do have one story, but also kind of 
a story slash experience slash just like creepy synchronicities that happened this week. So I was listening listening to one of my other podcasts that I listened to, Colts, and it was about Colonia Dignidad. Have you heard of that? Mm, No, sir. Okay. So I'm listening to this episode, and it is about this Nazi named Paul Schaefer who escaped from Germany under the guise of being a Lutheran minister, took his following with him to Chile. And Chile at this point is under the rule of President, what was his name, Pinochet, who was a dictator. And so he allowed them to come in and just start his own compound. And he called it Colonia Dignidad. I had no idea, real quick, that like Nazis fled to South America until a few years ago when we were all working at the restaurant and there was a kid there who was from Brazil, but his last name was Steltzer. And he was straight German looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, bro, how is your last name Steltzer? And you're so white and you're born and raised in, in Brazil. Tell me the history. He's like, so there was this big, big war that everybody fought in. <laughs> kind of like the whole world. <laughs> the second time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But it's anyway. fascinating that they all fled there and a lot of them lived out their lives down there. Yeah, it's not common knowledge. Like a lot of people apparently don't know that. I'm going to two conspiracy theories. One, there's a large amount of people who legitimately think Hitler died in South America. Mm-hmm. Specifically... Mm-hmm. The jungles of Argentina. Uh, they think that his suicide was falsified and that he escaped down there. <laughs> so I'm just going to put that out there because it's fun. <laughs> uh, maybe that's not the right word. I don't know. But also, I think the the number of Nazi soldiers who were actually tried for war crimes after mm-hmm. is insanely low. Yeah. And most of them were just kind of like, tisk tisk, like, don't do that again. No, there's a whole list of just terrible, like, Nazi SS Gestapo and, like, like scientists that just died on the beaches of South America. Like, lived out their days marrying beautiful women down there and living, dying of old age. I mean, and a lot of them, we've talked about this before, but they all got drafted. The top scientists got drafted. Right. So. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, I'm listening to this episode and... Like, there are some crazy stories of, like, people that were in this this colonia. One I remember was this kid who had lived there his entire life, was born and raised there, and knew every last bit of the security of this compound to the point where he could escape. Hmm. And escaped multiple times and would get outside the compound and kind of freak out because he didn't know what to do with his life. And he would go back. That sounds like the village almost. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan. Kind True. of, yeah. Um, and just didn't know what to do without being told what to do. And on top of that, like this compound is also a beautiful area. It was just the pick of the lot down there in South America. And it's this Bavarian village now. And in the compound, they were only allowed to speak German. <laughs> so <laughs> if they escaped, they would still not be able to do anything because they didn't speak Spanish. So that was part of that thinking for this kid. But he escaped, I think, five times and returned every time. 
On his own volition. On his own volition. So as I'm listening to this episode, though... Nobody noticed either? Well, it would be at night, and he would go back almost instantly after escaping. Yeah, so nobody nobody noticed. Oh, yeah, yeah, no one would notice. And as I'm, like, listening to this episode, I was like, I feel like I've seen this somewhere before. And then as it continues going along, I realized that there was a movie made about Colonia Dignidad and someone who... Okay, so also a little bit of backstory. The reason that President Pinochet allowed them to come in is because he was this dictator that a lot of people opposed. He would kidnap the the opposition, send them to this compound where they would be tortured, killed by this professional Nazi dude. Yeah. Right? Um, so that was one of the reasons why he was allowed to stay. Huh. Is because he would just send, the president would send all of his opposition there. And in this movie, this political activist gets kidnapped for opposing the president, sent to this compound, and his girlfriend volunteers to enter the compound and join the cult in order to try and find her boyfriend. And like this whole time I'm like watching this movie and then listening to this podcast, I'm like, I feel like I've had a dream about this somewhere. And then it hit me. I was like, I have had a dream about this. And it's a reoccurring dream that I keep having. And this reoccurring dream... Is this the same one you've told me for years? It's the same one I've told you. (laughs) This dream, about a little bit into the dream, every time I realize it's the same dream and I realize I'm in the dream. Real quick, I can straight verify. Sean's been telling me this dream for five years now. And I'll be like, dude, I had the dream again. Yeah, it's crazy. And I know the plot of the dream. And then hearing you explain that Colts episode, I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So in the dream, though, I realize I'm in this dream and can choose what to do next. So it's like choose your own adventure book if you've ever done those. And it's like lucid dreaming. Yeah, yeah. So at some of. point, Sean realizes he's dreaming, and th- that's a thing called lucid dreaming. So you're in a dream, but you are aware of the fact that you're sleeping. All of a sudden, the possibilities are almost almost endless, and you're able to like choose consciously what to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and this has happened a bunch of different times now. So I'm not going to tell you everything that has happened in this dream, but essentially, I choose like a different way to try and escape or a different way to do something, and always end up getting caught again. So the scenario is it's like you and your sister are caught by... Yeah, so we're escaping the compound. Um, She gets caught and taken back. I escape, but then try and get back onto the compound to rescue and get out of there. And each time I end up talking to someone who's with them or uh, get cornered and taken back. And So I haven't successfully navigated this dream yet. I'm still working on it. (laughs) Uh, One I remember was pretty vivid. I went into the police station, and I talked to the person at the front desk, and they're with this compound, so they turned me in. Then the next time I have this dream, I remember going back to the police station, walking through the front doors and remembering they're with the people. And so I go past the front desk and start like trying to explore this police station for information and stuff like that of where to go or what to do. And eventually end up going out the back of the door or back of this police station. Someone sees me and starts chasing me. And they chase me to this barn. And this barn, there's no like 
big uh, barn doors. There's a door on one side, door on the other side. You go in, and they both go up to stairs, and they're just a platform landing on both sides that look down into this big room that's closed off. And then I'm on one side of this, and all of a sudden the barn starts going up in flames. <laughs> so that was that was probably, to be honest, the most recent one. I, I remember when you would get to the barn a lot of different ways, and you're like, dude, next time I have to go this way because they keep catching me that way. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I was like, bro, tell me next tomorrow. Like, what happens? <laughs> I remember one time you said, like, you got your sister. You, like, start in the compound. You, like, make a break, right? So we're running through this field, and we get to this fence, and I jump the fence. She tries to jump the fence. Someone grabs her, and I see a car going by on the road that's 100 yards from me, and, like, there's a bunch of people. I can't turn back. So I run, jump in the back of the car or in the back of the truck, and that's when they take me to this little town. So it's a very stressful dream. (laughs) Haven't navigated it yet, but listening to this episode and then remembering the movie that I had seen before, I was like, this is freaking weird. And it was creepy. Do you believe in past lives? Past lives? Yeah. Dude, recently I've been getting more and more on board with the idea. (laughs) There's like a couple of Mysterious Universe episodes where they go into all the studies that have been done. And there are some times where kids would be like, I lived here. My name was this. I died this way. I had this wife. And they go and they check all the facts. And it's like, and it's like pre-internet and like stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't know. And it will be like, I died to a, with with a gunshot wound to like my, my chest. Uh-huh. And the kid will have a fat birthmark there. And they <laughs> say like a lot of the times birthmarks are signs of like past wounds from your past lives. But it sounds like you might have been an activist down in Chile trying to bring down some Nazis, bro. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> at some point, I'll probably find out again. <laughs> and at some point, I'm probably going to have this dream again and not go in the barn. Did you ever keep a journal of all of that? Uh, I feel like yes, because I have kept a journal actively in the past, not so much recently. But in the past, I have. I don't remember or recall where those journals are, though. You should write out all the paths you've taken. And then where your current one is, and then let our users or our listeners decide you what you do next. The <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Help you me choose just my adventure. This. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of creepy, this whole synchronicity thing. And honestly, that cult sounds terrifying as well. Yeah. Uh, would you be down to go like visit Chile? What if we get there and you're like, this is my dream? This, this is the barn. Everything, yeah. So I was looking at pictures because after like this all happened, I was like, okay, I've got to go look this up. Um, and I found an episode of Joe Rogan where he has a guy on there that had actually gone there and was, I can't remember what it was that he was doing, but he had actually gone there and was like, yep, I've been there. I know that person. And I can't remember what it was that they went for, but it was. It was kind of creepy because he was also, I, f- I feel like he was like a Navy SEAL or something like that. And he was on assignment. Huh. But anyways, that's not actually my scary story for what? <laughs> tonight. Really? Ooh, we I got, got you a treats, bonus. Boys. Now, when you do hear this episode, it will be very close to Christmas. 
And so I recently heard a scary Christmas story. Dude, you're a real one for like <laughs> remembering the holidays and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> DJ are like DJ and I are like, it's Christmas, so we're gonna talk about African witch doctors. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the most famous ghost story you've ever heard. His name was Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> JK. I'm JK. Um Okay, so this actually comes out of Colorado, and there's this man, and he's he, he kind of started off his story with, disclaimer, I do have PTSD, served in the military, but this um, didn't feel like any of his episodes that he'd had in the past with PTSD. So he and a bunch of friends decided they're going to go up to a hunting cabin in the mountains for Christmas and just have like this rustic christmas away from everything right and he heads up first he makes it to the cabin he uh opens the cabin i think it actually is his hunting cabin he opens it up uh, has brought the food bunch of stuff he starts a fire turns on the lights all this kind of stuff and he's sitting there in the cabin just enjoying the fire waiting for his friends to show up at this point he hears a rapping like a knocking but not on the front door, on the back door. And this back door faces the woods. So he's like, maybe it's one of my friends just trying to mess with me. And he hears it again, this knocking on the back door. So he goes to the back door and kind of peeks through the window next to the door and sees a figure standing at the tree line. So not at the door anymore. Not at the door anymore. So he opens up the door and like charges out and like, what do you want? And he kind of stops for a second. He takes a look back at the door and then back at the woods and realizes his footprints are the only prints in the snow. (laughs) So at this point, he stands there for like 10 seconds and is like, and then gets back in the house, closes the door And he sits back down like that was definitely strange. Maybe he tries to explain it away with maybe, you know, PTSD or something like that. And then at that point, he hears a knocking again, but at the front door. And this time he's like, it's got to be my friends. He goes to the front door and peeks out the window before he opens the door. And he sees a shadow of someone from the light cast down onto the like the snow right in front of the, but he doesn't see a person. So he opens the door and there's no one there. At this point, he's freaking out. He's like, that was a shadow of a person. That wasn't a tree. That was a person. And there's no one there. And there's no other footprints. So at this point, he hears the back door open and slam. So he runs and he grabs a gun that he has and he charges out the back door and he's like, who is it? What do you want? And he can't like see any other tracks. He doesn't see anyone. So he goes back into the, the cabin, closes the door, and he locks it. He goes and closes the front door and locks it. And he's kind of freaked out too with having this gun. So he takes the gun, puts it in a cabinet, locks the, the cabinet, and puts the key in his pocket. And he goes and sits in a corner and turns off all the lights in the cabin. So the only thing that is lighting the cabin is the fire that was lit at this point. Shortly after he's done this, he sees lights coming up the road and 
a couple cars park at the cabin. It's his friends, and they've got there. So he flips the lights back on and lets his friends back in. They have a pretty good evening. They just, like, eat some good food, playing card games, stuff like that. Eventually, after, you know, hanging out for the evening. He doesn't tell anyone. He doesn't tell anyone. <laughs> Bro, first thing I'd be telling you guys ass. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing some shit. <laughs> Bro, we're all going to die. <laughs> um. So he doesn't tell anyone after like messing around, playing games for the evening, everyone goes to bed and he goes to sleep on the couch because he's not trying to be alone in a room. He wants to be in a place that's actively people walking through it if they need to be. And what's strange is now he hears like knocking on like windows around the cabin and he hears someone walking on the roof, like footsteps on the roof. And this is just a one-floor cabin, so there's no second floor that could be someone walking there. And he didn't see anyone, so he just sits there, tries to ignore it, and go to sleep. He wakes up in the next morning, and he says, Honestly, I probably would have chalked it all up to PTSD if it wasn't for what my friend said the next morning. So his friend's wife comes out of the room, out of her room, and calls to her husband um, she's like, did you see anything? And he's like, no, I didn't see anything. And he's like, what? Wait, see what? And the guy comes back in. And he said, for some reason, we heard someone walking on the roof last night. So I went to check it out. There's no footprints or anything like that. So I don't know. It must have been creaking of the cabin or something like that. To this point, he said he doesn't know what happened, but he doesn't feel like it was the same as just a typical PTSD, and his friend also witnessed it as well. Bro, you know what it was? <laughs> Santa Claus, guys. Santa Claus. <laughs> it was Santa. <laughs> Duh, I figured it out. Dude, Santa Claus being hella creepy <laughs> at the tree line, too. <laughs> He's making his list, dude. That was probably one of them elves, bro. <laughs> ELF or whatever. The ELFSs? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that tinsel, I legit thought that was a real thing. That would have been sick to have, too. <laughs> Just breaking people out of prison. <laughs> Bro. I think I would have done exactly what he did. Turn off all the lights, get into a corner. I probably would have kept the gun on me, though. And, uh, okay, so I wanted to ask, like, do you think that was to protect himself from him? I think so. Interesting. So he, like, knows himself well. Yeah. And that's why it was, like, it was more legitimate me hearing the story. He's like, being super honest. Yeah. Because, like, to me, I would have kept the gun. I don't have PTSD, though. So, like, for me, I'm, like, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. For him, that was very real. Huh. So it was super, super creepy hearing that. I was, like, fuck. <laughs> but also, I still want to go out to a cabin in the middle of the woods. And- yeah, in a minute, bro. My heartbeat. <laughs> I'm there. That's all I got for tonight, folks. That's a fun one. It reminded me of uh, a few months ago, I went up to Idaho uh, and I stayed at a cabin. I think I talked about this a little bit. I was scared to go out. This is like my my girlfriend's family and a bunch (laughs) of friends. A bunch of us just went out to go stay at the cabin and I was scared to go because it was like former country and I just thought of the movie Get Out. Anyway, (laughs) we're at the cabin and... Like I mentioned on another episode, I'm not super scared of like insects or rats or anything like that, but there was this huge rat in the cabin and it was hanging out in the bathroom, the only bathroom in the cabin. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So we were trying to catch it 
and we had a trap inside the bathroom. It was like a cage, and at the end of the cage, it could go in on one side. At the end of the cage, we had food, and when it grabbed the food or tried to eat the food, it would trip the side it entered in and close the gate. Mm-hmm. So we set it up, and we heard it go off. We're like, dope. It got, you know, it got caught, and we went in and looked, and it was closed, and nothing was inside. We're like, what the freak? <laughs> and we were trying to reset the trap, and I I left the bathroom. I don't know why. I went to go grab something, and I heard the like the scurrying Ugh. of the rat inside the bathroom. I hate that. And everybody was like behind me, watching me like inch up to this bathroom. <laughs> and as I got closer, it stopped. I heard it go on the sink. <gasps> So it was higher up. Just lick your toothbrush like, real quick. Ugh. Right right where you walk into Just the door. The black plate. So I like stood on the outside and leaned over <laughs> and had it so just my head started going <laughs> in the door frame. And when my eye passed the door frame to see inside the bathroom, I was at eye level with this oh, rat. Buddy. It had climbed up the wall. And was also peering over, oh, and it was oh, it was inches from my face. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a mirror almost. And I just screamed. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Turned around and ran, and everyone was laughing, dude. The That's scariest terrifying. story of the night. It was because it was like. Nothing about it is scary, but it just startled me that it was halfway about, <laughs> like nothing about a rat or a mouse is scary to me, like per se. Not you, not you. Uh, but <laughs> despite <laughs> no, no, what no. I just said, not, for me it is. <laughs> um, but just the fact that, like, I wasn't expecting it to be halfway up the wall and at eye level with me, <laughs> like three inches away from my face. <laughs> it, it knew you were coming and was prepared just to like peek around that corner, <laughs> right at the exact moment oh. <laughs> oh gosh that's terrifying good times i'd rather take that though than I some dude i was i, I almost wanted to laugh at the part where he like knocked on the door didn't answer knocked on the door again and he looks through the window and sees him out in the clearing in the woods so i just imagined like that dude or whatever it was knocked on the door the first time and ran out and waited <laughs> Saw that he didn't answer, so I went back, knocked the second time, and went out. And it was like, okay, cool, we got him. We got him. I was trying to cover his tracks at the same time. He had like a bush or a a branch. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like Danny when he's running away from his father. If you learn anything from Danny Torrance, yeah, there you go. You got to retrace your steps to fix things in life. Oh, take that with you. What'd you learn from tonight? Let's see. We what you what you learn? <laughs> <laughs> see, we talked about the dogs and the skinwalkers. Yeah, we talked about Brujeria in Venezuela. We talked about lucid dreams and a cabin trip. Do your best to not be afraid and to treat it as normal as possible. I like that. I think that's what my Maori friend. That's pretty close. To like what he was taught to. Yeah, it was just like just be like straight with it, and basically be like, "Yo, <laughs> like why are you here?" <laughs> yeah, 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 stand up. Yeah, so there's that. Maybe buy a dog. 
Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. We love you so much. We hope you have the best Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. What else is there? Whatever you celebrate. <laughs> yeah, whatever you're doing out or there. Or if you don't celebrate, that's okay, too. Yeah. Toast us one. Pour one out for us. If you like this podcast and you want to support, you can go give us a review, like, download. Really helps. Really goes a long way. You guys have no idea. Yeah. We appreciate all that you've done so far. <laughs> for sure. For sure. If anyone cares out there, we we are growing. Oh, as yeah. As a podcast. And, and I know a lot of you have been listening since day one. And I, every month, I think, we add a, about a 1,000 new listeners. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting. Yeah. We're about... What, eight months in? Yeah, we've been going at this for just under a year. I think March or April will hit a year. And the past three months, we've seen substantial growth. Going from 1,000 downloads a month to now we're at 3,500 downloads a month. And the thing about that is, it is 100% you guys. Because we've done almost no real marketing or like you know what i'm saying yeah so it's it's all been word of mouth and and everyone out there sharing it so we really appreciate it mm-hmm. we really do so thank you so much and stay safe during the holidays and uh trust your guy and watch your back bye love you be safe be careful out there On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men. And the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth. And together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.